Hello and welcome to Hogan Lovell's Newsbeat, the podcast designed to keep you up to date with what's been happening in the world of pensions over the last two weeks. I'm Claire Southern from the HL team and I'll be filling you in on developments over the last 14 days. This week we'll be looking at the plethora of papers coming out of the recent PLSA conference, the pension regulator's thoughts on dashboard and getting tougher, an update from the DWP on small pots, a new investment vehicle for pension schemes and new ways for pension scheme trustees to sort out the world's problems. So first up, a report back from the recent Pensions and Lifetime Savings Association conference, where we saw three significant PLSA publications issued. The first is entitled Five Steps to Better Pensions, which unsurprisingly sets out five recommendations for improving pension provision. They are to set new goals for UK pensions, focusing on making them adequate, affordable and fair, to ensure that the state pension protects everyone from poverty and specifically maintains the triple lock, to make more people save into workplace pensions and at a higher contribution level, to provide additional help to underpensioned groups such as women, the self-employed and gig economy workers, and to help people engage with pensions, receive higher contributions and get paid better pension outcomes. Sounds great, doesn't it? Just not sure how we do any of that. The next paper published by the PLSA is the Policy Position on Pensions and Growth. It highlights six key areas that government can take action on to encourage greater pension fund investment in UK growth. These include introducing greater flexibility into the funding regime for private sector DB schemes, introducing fiscal incentives for pension funds so investing in UK assets is more attractive, and raising automatic enrolment contributions from 8% to 12% in the next decade so there is more money for investment. The third publication is the Charter on Building Consensus for Better Pensions. The Charter support, setting clear objectives for the UK pension system, a universal state pension that protects everyone from poverty and covers basic needs, retirement savings that benefit as many people as possible, and improving outcomes to ensure that pensions provide a decent standard of living. Again, nothing in there to argue with, except who's going to do it and who's going to pay for it. The pensions regulator was also on the stage at the PLSA conference, with the chief executive outlining plans to get tougher with pension schemes failing to meet expectations. There was also an optimistic promise that the long-awaited general code and DB funding code would be published soon. Not to be outdone, we also heard from the DWP at the conference, with their deputy director explaining that the Small Pots Delivery Group will be looking at the link between dashboards and delivering a solution to the large number of very small DC pots that have been built up by members with different organisations and providers. The pensions regulator has also been mulling over dashboard issues, publishing a blog on its dashboard checklist which helps to break down the dashboard duties into bite-sized chunks and simplify the steps that schemes need to take to get dashboard ready. Moving on, we also understand that there will be exciting news in Jeremy Hunt's autumn statement. A new investment vehicle is being developed which will apparently turbocharge investments by pension funds in high-growth private companies. 
The British Business Bank is developing a vehicle that will allow pension schemes to co-invest in high-growth companies under the bank's guidance. So that's one to watch. Now, if it wasn't enough to expect the, the beleaguered British Pension Scheme trustee to solve climate change, we understand that more social responsibility is coming their way. First up, the DWP Task Force on Social Factors has launched a consultation on recommendations on how the pensions industry can better incorporate social factors into investment decisions. The guidance outlines how pension trustees can incorporate social factors into their investment and stewardship decision-making by developing a better understanding and assessment of financially material social risks and opportunities. Key social factors which are under consideration include workforce conditions and supply chains, community engagement, consumer protection and modern slavery. So once trustees have sorted out those minor issues, they can turn themselves to the recommendations published by the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures, known as TNFD. Listeners will probably be familiar with TCFD, which is the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures and whose recommendations have heavily influenced pensions reporting. The TNFD describes itself as a global, market-led, science-based and government-supported initiative to help companies and financial institutions incorporate nature into their decision-making. The TNFD believe that there is growing evidence that deterioration in nature and biodiversity poses risks for businesses, capital providers, financial systems and economies. The TNFD recommendations are intended to help organisations manage their nature-related risks and to incorporate nature into decision-making. Now, this is all voluntary for now, but it feels to me that there's a strong possibility that this may wend its way into pensions regulation in due course. So, a big thank you to everyone who's listening to the session. I hope that you've enjoyed the whip through of the last two weeks and that you'll come back for more. Check us out on Twitter at HL Pensions. Mm -hmm.